Welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined by Tom Robinson. Tom, it feels like it's been a while since we've profiled some Brazilian players, or is my memory just bad? It's been a little while, yeah. I mean, I've just been uh, keeping you hungry so that when we when we do get round to some, some good ones, then uh, you're going to be you know, chomping at the bit and ready to give us your, your best and finest work. Well, we do have a good one to profile today. It's Flamengo's midfielder, Lucas Paqueta, who is well on his way to becoming one of the stars of world football. He just recently got his first call-up into the Brazilian national team. I was fortunate enough to be there to see him. It's a perfect combination of events, Tom. It's a great time to be doing a podcast on Lucas Paqueta because he's going to be on a lot of people's radar over the next couple of months. Yeah, he's already getting linked to some of the biggest clubs in the world. He's got a a 50 million uh, release clause. Which, which I think, even if he doesn't go for that much, he's he's going to go for at least thirty plus. And and I think if you ever see a young player coming out of Brazil for a, for a figure that large, then they're definitely worth taking note of. And yeah, just twenty one, and probably I'd say the hottest prospect in in Brazilian football right now. Um, and someone who's been having a a great twenty eighteen. He has, and I think depending how you feel about Rodrigo at Santos, that's probably the other argument for the biggest prospect in Brazil right now. But Paqueta is very good. And I think, Tom, he's worth that $50 million buyout clause. And the way that young players are going right now, I think he's worth whatever fee will end up being paid for him by one of the big teams. I agree. Um, I wasn't sold on him when I first saw him at the um, under-20 Sudamericano um, about a year and a half ago. But in that time, he's, he's under gone a bit of a transformation he's physically he's he, he's got it all and skills were, were never in doubt but I think he's he's really developed into a more of an all-round midfielder that I never saw coming and and he's been putting up some great numbers I think who scored have got him as their highest rated player of the Brazil Brazil right now um so yeah he's I think he's coming into coming into his own and yeah I think this is going to be a guy who's going in right at an elite level club when he when he does move so, Tom, let's break him down a bit as a player. As you said, an impressive all-around midfielder with plenty of skills. He's a very talented player. I think that's one thing that stands out right away when you watch Lucas Paqueta play is just how skilled he is on the ball with his feet. And one thing that sticks out for me is he seems to be a very mature player for just 21. He plays like somebody who's a bit older than he is, and he does have a lot of experience for just 21. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But for you, what makes him so highly sought after and what makes him so good? Well, yeah, as you said, he's he's got all the tricks and flicks and all that fancy footwork that we've come to expect from uh, Brazilian attacking midfielders. But as you said, it's not just skills for the sake of it. He's He's got a really good upper body strength as well, which means he's very good at shielding that ball. And he just seems to invite people you know, tempt them in to, to, to try and get the ball off him before just shifting it away and then he's off and he's left two men for dead. Um, so, yeah, he's um, he's got a very elegant style. His his passing's good. I think it's, you know, about 85% on average. Um, and the fact that he's now sort of transitioned from more of a, I guess, a, a number 10 or out, out wide on the left when he, when he started out to a more of a all-round attacking midfielder he can kind of showcase that that range of passing as well and and even the defensive side I think that's something that really needs to be um, highlighted is that's come on leaps and bounds he makes a lot of tackles he's tall and good in the air as well so he's got a bit of everything that the modern midfielder wants and I think that's something we often touch on the, on these podcasts is 
you can have these highly talented players, but you've got to take them in the context of, of elite European football. And like with some of the other players with profiles, I think he's one that has that um, perfect kind of skill set that, that would fit in right away with, with a really good European club. Um, what sort of what sort of things do you most like about him, Austin? Yeah, like you said, that development into a more all-around player. I think he's perfectly paired with a more defensive midfielder in kind of a, a 4-2-3-1 with maybe a further attacking midfielder in front of him. Uh, that's where he's played a lot for Flamengo this year alongside either Gustavo Cuellar or Robert Pires de Mota as a more defensive midfielder. And then he plays alongside them with Diego in front. I think that's a good position that he's in. He can always be deployed, like you said, as a more attacking midfielder. But I think his skill sets are kind of best employed in that sort of position. And one thing that excites me about him most, Tom, is when we talked about Brazil at the World Cup, it was nearly a complete squad. There were very few holes there outside for maybe the reserve right back position. But if there was one, it was the lack of kind of a really good passing midfielder. And when you look at Brazil going forward towards 2022 and even towards next year's Copa America, I think Paqueta slots in perfectly to this Brazilian national team. And it can be ridiculously hard to break into the national team. But like you said, it's very clear that Cheech rates him highly. And I think he's a player that could actually come into the Brazilian national team and give them something, which is so difficult to do. And that's why I think there's so much excitement around him in Brazil too. Definitely. I think uh, Brazil's had been lacking uh, certain passing midfielders for a while right now. And, and that's why someone like Artur is, is also coming through at a perfect time to, to take advantage of that. Um, I mean, obviously he's more on the attacking side. We've said his whole very well-rounded, a complete uh, packet, you might say. Um, but where do you think he would fit in in an ideal Brazilian midfield? Do you think you, he would be able to play him with Coutinho or would you play him in, in place of him or, or, or would he be taking the, the space of someone like uh, Renato Augusto? I think he's best suited maybe as the rich man's Renato Augusto, if you will. I think Brazil missed the <laughs> passing ability of Renato Augusto. Paqueta is a better player. But I think Brazil were a better side when Renato Augusto was there. I don't think you can make much of a case for him starting over Coutinho. But maybe as that mm. second midfielder in that line of four. So Casemiro obviously plays behind and does the Casemiro role. But pair him with Coutinho and then with Neymar and another attacking player on the other side. And then, you know, Firmino, Jesus, whoever up top. I think that's probably where he's best suited for Brazil right now. But that can definitely evolve as, you know, the years go on. And Brazil may not be that... Uh, rooted to that 4-1-4-1 as time goes on and he can maybe pair with Casemiro in the midfield. But I think there's a spot for him there and I think he could be really useful to Brazil in that position even as soon as next summer in the Copa America. The main thing is it, it just gives Brazil so many options as, as you spoke of there. I mean, he's even played as like a false nine in the past as well. Um, certainly when he kind of got that breakthrough into the Flamengo team um in 2017, when Guerrero was out and um, a few of the other strikers were injured, and and he, he's proven that he can play that as well. Obviously, that's not his ideal position, but that versatility and that ability to slot into various different roles uh, for different systems, I think, is really important. I'm not sure I'd, I'd ne necessarily see him starting for the for the national team at the at the Copa, but I think he's going to be an interesting option to have off the bench. I think a lot of it. Also, you've got to factor in that, I mean, I think we both expect him to move probably in January. 
And is he really going to have that game time under his belt to come into the copper, you know, in fine form for his new side? I think a lot of it before I'd sort of mark him out as a definite starter for Brazil. Um, I think we'd have to see how that how that inevitable move to Europe goes first. And that move to Europe, as you said, Tom, all signs are pointing to that being sooner rather than later, as soon probably as the next transfer window. You mentioned it earlier, he has a 50 million euro buyout clause with Flamengo, but his contract is coming to an end and attempts to renew it and, and have an even bigger buyout clause have kind of stalled recently. As recently as this week, Global Sports reported that the feeling around Flamengo is that Paquetá will not start 2019 with the club, that he will move in the next transfer window. And Flamengo are already picking out potential transfer targets to, to spend some of that money to try and replace Paquetá in the squad. That should be interesting as someone who's seen Flamengo transfer business over the past few years. But enough about that. So that move <laughs> is coming sooner rather than later. All of the big clubs in Europe, Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester United, Barcelona, if, if they're a big club in Europe, they've been linked to him at some point. Tom, is there one move that makes sense more than another? It looks like all of the big names are going to be in the running and that could help drive up his price. But is there something that maybe Paqueta himself should look at when moving, you think? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I've, I was I was giving this one some thought earlier and trying to think where the best fit would actually be. For some reason, I just feel like PSG feels right. I've no real logic behind it. I just think that maybe it might be a slightly easier transition, certainly in the league, for him to get used to European football and and the physical demands of of the French league, which you know is up there. Um, I think. I mean. The price tag is so high that it kind of inevitably is going to draw him towards the English clubs. But I'm not sure if he'd be right for Man City or Man United. I mean, I wouldn't want Jose Mourinho to ruin him personally. Um, so you could even see him. I don't know maybe someone like Chelsea might be a good fit for him. I think that's a bit maybe out of out of left field there because be one of the obvious candidates, but. That, you know they could do with a midfielder like him, and and uh, I could see him there. But I think for his development, you might even say, okay, go to one of the big clubs in Italy, or maybe even somewhere like Bayern Munich if they were willing to pay that much money. Develop there, even if you're not playing loads to begin with. I think that would be the best for his development. But I just have a feeling that he's more likely to go somewhere like PSG or one of the one of the rich English clubs. What do you think, Austin? I think the number one thing for me when I look at Lucas Paqueta and this move in January is I think the number one thing on the list of whatever club that buys him has to be is when you buy him, you can't put him right into the team. He has to rest. He has played so much football this year. I, don't, I think that kind of gets lost in this discussion. But Tom, as we speak, it's September 20th, and Paqueta has already played 44 matches for Flamengo in 2018. Just recently, he played 40 minutes for Brazil on a Tuesday in Washington, D.C. here in the States, and then flew to Rio de Janeiro and played in a cup match for Flamengo on a Wednesday. Flamengo have been under a lot of pressure to get results this year. Uh, they've trotted out the same 11 and the same core players time after time after time. And so he has a lot of matches in his legs. He probably has another 10, you know, maybe even 15 still to come this year. So you could see Lucas Paqueta getting towards 60 matches in 2018 as a 21-year-old, and then to move straight on in January 
after having had maybe three, you know, three weeks of downtime and then being in a team that's already playing matches in January. I think the team that buys him has to resist that temptation to pull out their shiny new toy and play him right away. And you have to give him time off. That may be two or three months. It may be March or April before you feel like you can use him. But I think you cannot get short-sighted with him and just say, all right, yeah, he's good. Let's put him in there. We saw with Richarlison at the, at the back end of last year, just the football just added up and just left a toll on his legs. And I think there's a possibility of that happening with Paqueta as well. So I don't know if there's a particular club that will be better at doing that than another, but I think that has to be number one for any club that buys him is you have to understand he has played so much football and had so little rest and won't have a lot of rest if he joins in January. So take a step back and just say, take a vacation, dude. Take three weeks off and get your legs back. I think that's so critical for his development as a player going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really important point and, and obviously a very interesting dynamic that you get because if someone is going to play pay this huge amount of money, there's going to be a, a lot of pressure, not just from the fans or the, or the manager to play him, but you know just from the, the board members or the people higher up the club who are forking out the money to for, for this player and then not to use him. That's why I think someone you know, experienced and who's been around the block like Juve, like Bayern, might be a really good place for his development. Um, again, I think maybe the fact that joining halfway through a season means that he will be coming at a good time where people, they're going to need to strengthen their squad if they're in, in the latter stages of the Champions League, for example. Um, maybe not add him to that Champions League squad, but just use him in a bit of a rotation in the league that's why I think someone like PSG would be a good fit because you know most games for them without disrespecting the rest of the league are on the slightly easier side whereas if he came into the in that sort of high intensity world of the Premier League then he might um, struggle to keep up that that fitness and and energy uh, if he if he's thrown in at the deep end and expected to play straight away so you kind of you may be looking at one of those big clubs that dominate their their local leagues and can afford to to rest him a bit. But I think, as you said, Richardson, great example as well. Um, and you know we've seen what a bit of rest can can do for him this season. So yeah, it's it's an important thing that's often missed out, especially when you think these guys. You know, he's only just turned twenty one. He might have a lot of football under his belt, but um, I think. You've got to remember they're young, and even though they've got boundless energy, they they, they need to they need a rest like the rest of us. Um, so, lo- looking at Bakatar, are there any aspects of his game that that you think could do with with some work? Um, I'm seeing that he hasn't got that many assists. Do you, do you think that's more because he's kind of the guy, the pre-assist guy, or or what, what do you think? Um, what do you think is behind that and what do you think he could work on? Yeah, two-part two answer to that question for me. I think one is he gets, and this is a term that you might not recognize, Tom. Here's my Americanness coming out with me, called hockey assists. In ice hockey, they give out two assists for the goal. So as you said, he has the assist before the assist for the goal. I think there's a number of those that you could probably look at with Lucas Paqueta and say, yeah, you know, he would have picked up a hockey assist there. I like that term. Uh, and two, <laughs> me too. 
is uh, he's not exactly playing with the uh, world-class strikers at Flamengo. And Hiki Dorado is, is good at taking penalties and not much else. Fernando Uribe has, has struggled since he's come into the squad. Flamengo have been, have been scrapping for goals. And so the finishing hasn't quite been there for them as a squad. So I think that can actually play into it as well. Back to the point of, of resting. You know, again, that's, that's kind of my number one thing with him as far as improvement, quote-unquote, would be. And that's something that the club has to do. Because if you ask Paqueta, you know he's going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I can play. I can play. The club themselves have to come in and step in and say, no, you need to take this time off. Because any player is always going to want to play. They'll always overvalue themselves and say, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It's so hard for a 21-year-old to say, no, I can't play. That's where I think he needs a big, strong club to be able to not give in to those pressures and that temptation to play him early. Because, of course, it's his tendency. You, you want players to want to play, and he's obviously going to want to play as he goes forward, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think that is that is really important. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think right now, as we sort of mentioned earlier, he, he could go to any club, and we, we don't know what situation they're going to find themselves and what pressure they're going to be to use him. But you always want to, to hope that that a club really values their, their players' well-being and the fact that they're taking this massive leap into um, in, into a new continent and a, a new style of football. I think that's why maybe the PSG um, link might be quite a good one because they do have some other Brazilians there. They've got a, a nice core that could welcome, in, welcome him in. You could probably say the same for Man City as well. And, well, <laughs> any number of the the top clubs in world football, to be honest. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I mean, we have no inside knowledge of where he's going to go, but he's definitely going to be something that we're going to be hearing a lot more about in the next, uh, potentially even the next year, or it could be as early as that, but certainly in a couple of years time, I think he's going to be one of the uh, top young players in the world. To the point of having Brazilians that could welcome him, him into the squad, Tom. I saw today in the Europa League, Ludogorets Razgrad in uh, Hungary had nine Brazilians in their squad. So there might not be a better fit for Paqueta than, than Ludogorets. What, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, I hope he likes... Um... I think they're Bulgarian. And, ah, yeah, and, Bulgarian. Uh, yeah. Okay, look, the flags are both red, white, and green. I, th- I think it's understandable how I would get those two <laughs> mixed up, right? That's that's fine, but yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, maybe go there or Shakhtar. They always, um, they always love a Brazilian. So yeah, maybe he'll go, he'll surprise us all and go somewhere different. Um, I also wanted to ask you about um, his name. Do you do you know where his name comes from? No, I don't. Do you? Yeah, I do. Oh I do. wow! Was, uh, it, knowledge me. So, um, yeah, well, he comes from. So he comes from a little island, just um, in that sort of bay near Rio, called Ilha de Paqueta. So I love the fact that he is named after the island that, that he's from. How cool is that? That's a, yeah. That's better than the fun facts you usually bring to the table. I'll tell you that. I like that one. I'm, that was good. I'm up in my game. Yeah. I'm up in my game. What can I say? <laughs> one more thing on Lucas Paqueta before I let this conversation die. Uh, we're recording this in September. You may be listening to this in January after he's moved. 
One thing that I, another thing that I would encourage the club that buys him to not do is don't loan him back to Flamengo because if you loan him back to Flamengo, they're going to play him at every chance they can get and that would not be a great move for his future because he would just get more matches in his leg. So I would say buy him in January, sit him and then play him. I don't think Flamengo can be trusted in this circumstance. Anything more you want to add Tom before we wrap this one up? No, I think that's um everything for me. I think this could be one of our more popular pods because this is a guy who yeah could go anywhere and he's going to go to a, you know, a a big club for sure and yeah I don't think there's any danger of him getting loaned back to Brazil maybe maybe that he'll get loaned to a, another another club uh, within within Europe but I honestly think he's one of these really really elite level uh, South American youngsters who is going to go straight in and hopefully make an impression so we don't look stupid no, I, I'm confident in our ability to not look stupid on this one. I think Paqueta is going to be successful, and I think he's going to be successful for a very long time. For all the latest from us at the World Football Index, be sure to follow us on social media. As for now, that's all for this podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.